Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, like Mike said, my name is Steve. Uh, I, my family, I just moved here about four months ago from the state of Texas. Uh, I almost said the great state of Texas, but I don't want to offend anybody. But, but, uh, but yeah, that's where I grew up. Uh, I was raised in East Texas. Uh, then I went to study at a Bible college in uh, upstate New York. And World of Life, I think you guys probably know about it. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, that's where I met my beautiful wife, uh, Jess. She is from Syracuse, New York. Uh, and then God called us. Uh, as we were working with World of Life, God called us to go to a, a town that I had never heard of in North Texas. It was a, the population about 2,000 people, uh, but the pastor of that church uh, was our youth pastor growing up. And so it was an awesome opportunity to serve him for eight years. I was a youth minister uh, for about six. Uh, then the last two, I was actually a youth minister and a discipleship uh, pastor. Uh, but discipleship, how many of you ever heard the word discipleship? Awesome. And so my goal tonight is this, is to share to you guys why discipleship is important. You see, I grew up in a Christian home. Like, I, I, went, to, I went to church like it was like, like part of life, right? Going to Walmart. It was like going to church over there. I was there, the first one there, the last one there because they locked up everything. And I was, I was just, you know, going through the motions. You know, I got saved when I was about seven years old. But that was it until I hit high school, like my junior year. I kept on asking the question, like, what is this all about? How many of you guys ever asked that question? Like, like, what is this whole Christianity? Like, why do we go to church? Like, what's the whole point of me uh, just living this life? Uh, and so that junior and, and um, senior high school, those were the questions I was asking. Uh, my dad was a pastor. My brother was a missionary. Uh, so I knew about ministry, but I did not want to do anything with it uh, until uh, God, you know, in college kind of woke me up. And realized that I was living out my parents' faith and it wasn't my own. And so my question for you tonight is, why do you love Jesus? Why are you here tonight? Maybe a friend brought you here. Maybe you are hungry to grow. But my desire of tonight is to tell you what really our purpose as believers are. And so if you have your Bible, hope you guys do. Look at Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at verses 18 the 20. So we're going to talk about discipleship. I'm going to tell you what discipleship is, why it's important if you're a follower of Christ, how to disciple somebody, and what to do when you start meeting with somebody. All right? So here is how many of you have heard this, the Great Commission? How many of you guys have heard these verses before? Right? This is here. We see Jesus uh, has risen again from the third day. He's about to ascend to heaven. And yet before he, as, as he's ascending to heaven, he gives his last command to his disciples who are watching. And he says this, Jesus says this in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus, Jesus came near to his disciples and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm always with you to the end of age. So this is Jesus' last command that he gives his followers. 
And what is it? To make what? Disciples. Now, discipleship uh, is a word that I grew up with in my house. Uh, My dad and my mom, they came from a country called Honduras, Central America. That's where my family's from. Uh, They came here in the early 70s to New York City. My dad and my mom came to know Christ in New York City. Uh, Then God moved them to California uh, because we have family there, so they moved closer there. They were part of a church, a small little Spanish church there in Southern California. And so my dad was about three months, four months of being a believer, and he's just part of this church, and all of a sudden there was a huge crisis that happened. Uh, the pastor's wife had an affair with someone in the church, and it's completely just destroyed the church. And, and so they were praying, and all of a sudden, my dad, who's only been a Christian for six months, they asked him to lead the church. Okay? He's only been a Christian for six months. Now think about that. And they asked him to help and lead the church. So my dad to this day is like, I don't know what I said. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised people actually came, you know, here. And so there was a guy there who said, listen, I know a missionary that can help us. A missionary that can at least help us as we try to find a pastor that can, you know, just teach us. But I said, yes, anybody, just bring somebody. We need help. I can't do this. And so, all right, go pick him in the airport. He's, he'll come in. He's coming from Argentina. He's going to come, and he's going to help. And so my dad was going. He was about 33 at this time. He's going to the airport. He's waiting to pick up somebody, like, in their 40s, right, someone older who's been a pastor for a while. But as he's waiting, he sees this young guy. He's, like, 20, 26, 27 years old, and this is the guy that was supposed to help this church. And my dad looks at him and he's like, this is going to be horrible. Like, this guy is 27. And so my dad gives him the car, and he's just like, like, the guy's talking to him, but he's like, why? Like, why? Like, I'm better off me doing it than this 26-year-old. And so, you know, set him up. Then that first Sunday, he came. His name is Mario. Mario came and taught God's word. And my dad said he's never heard God's word taught that way. Just easy beginner stuff, but it blew his mind because he never heard it before. And he says after that service, he ran up to Mario and said, Mario, I need you to teach me. Can you please, just as Pastor Robbie, we see the last video, as he told David Platt, can you help me grow in Jesus? And Mario said, yeah, sure. He said, let's meet every night at my house. Uh, let's meet every Thursday night at my house once a week. And so they did. And basically it was this. It was my dad, two other guys, a big pot of spaghetti. Mario would just take it, hit it, and then they would just walk through the Bible. Then he, Mario taught my dad how to study God's word. My, Mario taught my, uh, my dad about theology, like who is God, who is Jesus, Trinity, all how it all works together. And then God, in about a year or so, God called Mario to go start a church in upstate New York. And so he left, and my dad said it was one of the saddest things because it was the man that discipled him, that, that helped him grow, to help him understand God's word, be a better husband, be a better father, but most important, be a better follower of Christ, understanding his purpose. But then like about... A year and a half, he gets a phone call, and it's Mario up in upstate New York. He says, hey, say, David, I'm about to start a church. I need your help. My dad said, all right, let's pray about it. He prayed with my wife, with, with, with not my wife, but with my mom. <laughs> I need to go take a nap. I need to take a nap. Uh, uh, and so they prayed. They said, you know what? Let's do it. But here's the crazy thing. My dad was not a full-time pastor. He was a machinist by trade, and he had a, they just bought a new house, two new cars, new furniture, everything. And they sold everything in one week, packed all they got, my brother and my sister, and they drove all the way to upstate New York to start this church. And they found a new job there and just basically started discipling people. And it became one of the fastest growing churches in New York State. And it was in the middle of nowhere. 
But they would just go evangelize, and then as people get saved, they start discipleship group and just disciple, disciple. It was just the, they said that was the most beautiful time of their lives. They were there for almost eight years, and it was like just, it grew so much. And then my parents could, I tell them to write a book because they went all over, following Mario and his wife all over, start churches from Maryland, D.C., California. And I asked my dad, like, why? Like, why would you follow this dude? Like, you just left everything, find a job. He's like, he said, because we were growing. Each time, he was helping us understand who Jesus was. And we got to live out what we were learning. And so, guys, listen, discipleship is this. Here's the thing with discipleship. Discipleship is, is a word known by many, but has too much def- definition that no one really knows what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for instance, like football. When I say football, what do you guys think? But, hey, God bless you. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah mostly here in America is football, right? It's football, throwing it. But if you go to Honduras, they don't think about throwing the ball. They think about kicking the ball like the Lord tended to be, right? <laughs> I know, I'm offended, but sorry. My dad says soccer's going to be playing in heaven, so he's a pastor. He doesn't lie. So. But, uh, but that's the thing. It's the same word, football, but has two different definitions. So I want to give you guys a definition of discipleship. Uh, that, I, that I've kind of come together with reading and uh, been, been helped with it as well. And so if you guys want, want to write it down, whatever. But this is the definition of discipleship. It's believers equipping each other to grow deeper in God's word through intentional accountability in order to replicate faithful followers of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. It's believers equipping each other. Now, I didn't say experts. I didn't say professionals. What did I say? Believers. Believers equipping each other to grow deeper in God's word through intentional accountability to replicate followers of Jesus. So the whole goal is this. This is what I see. When, I, when someone says discipleship, this is what I think. I think of no more than four believers getting together once a week and diving deep in God's word. D- diving deep in God's word, being accountable to each other. That means confessing or just whatever your struggles are. And that's the hard part, right? To share. Like, I know for me, when I was in college, I hate asking for help. And that's why I lost my scholarship, because I didn't ask for help. You know, I didn't ask for help at all. But I was just, I was too prideful. I didn't want people to know that I needed help. But the end result was I messed up. It was worse than I intended. And here's the thing, guys. God did not intend for us to grow in him alone. Okay, for some reason, we have this mindset, like, oh, I got, I got this on my own. No, because here's the problem. That's when Satan attacks. When you're all by yourself, isolated, but you need other believers to help you grow. Genesis chapter 3, right? We see that, that God said man should not live alone. Now, we use that a lot in, in weddings and all that, but I, when I read that, I also think about spiritually as we grow, that we should not grow in, in the Lord alone. That's why you guys are here, right? A thrive. You're here, hopefully, to be encouraged by others, to help each other, to help each other grow. And so we are not intended to grow in the Lord by by ourselves, but we need other believers to help us grow. But here's the deal. This great commission that we see, I've heard this preached so many times. But verse 20, every time I hear someone speaks, it's always like past. They never talk about it. But we see here, we got to share the gospel, Right? Right, Mike? You feel that? You feel that? Okay, he loves that. He loves that. You got to share. That means with your mouth, not just with your life, but with your mouth. Sharing the gospel. And what else did it say? What did Jesus say? Baptize. 
Baptize? All right, good job. All right, okay, cool, cool. I got it. I understand it's late. I got it. But baptize, too much Chick-fil-A. The Lord bless y'all. But, okay, <laughs> baptize. And why do we get baptized? Because baptism just tells other people that I am following the Lord. That's why we do in front of people. I know a lot of people, oh, I don't want to get baptized because in front of people go, that's the whole purpose. Because you want to tell people that you are following the Lord. And then lastly, is this. look at verse 20 with me again. Jesus says, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. So not only do we just share the gospel to people and hopefully as well lead them to the Lord and and see them get baptized, but also a responsibility to do what? To tell them, to teach them about all that we know. And I love what uh, Pastor David Platt says, that, that you don't have to be a super Christian to disciple someone else. That the little that you know about Christ, that's what you need to share to others. You see, my dad always says that. He always says, like, what you learn at church is not just for you, but to teach someone else. Pastor Robbie just said that as well. So what's the purpose? Like, all the sermons that you hear, here here at Thrive, maybe on Sunday, maybe different Bible studies that you do, what do you do with all that information? What do you do with all that knowledge that you have about Jesus, who he is? What do you do with it? Because the whole purpose is not just for you to keep it yourself. But it's to teach to others as well. You see, the last part of discipleship there says to replicate, replicate followers, faithful followers of Jesus. And so the whole discipleship process is as you meet with somebody to help you grow. But the goal is this, is okay, you know what? After I get this high down, I'm going to teach someone else as well. Or as I'm going, I love that when Paul says this. When Paul talks about discipleship, he's talking to Timothy, he says, watch me as I'm trying to grow in Christ. He said, come alongside me. Let's grow together. So what is that priority? What is the priority of a Christian? The first one is what? To make disciples. 2 Timothy 2.2 says this. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So guys, listen, you are here tonight, not just for your own spiritual growth, but also God has someone that he's going to put in your life for you to teach them about him. Isn't that crazy though? Like, right, we, we think that, oh, this is for a pastor. Like, that's a pastor. But no, our jobs, what Pastor Mike and I are here for is to equip you guys to help you, to teach you how to, to disciple others, how to help others grow. So the priority of a, of a believer of Christ, a follower of Christ, if you're here tonight and say, yeah, I trust in Jesus as my Savior, I believe he died on the cross for my sin and rose again the third day, then your purpose is to know Jesus so you can tell people about Jesus and make disciples for him. And the purpose, why we make disciples, is to make mature believers. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 28-29. This is a verse I kind of use a lot when I talk about discipleship, but I love it. It says, this is the Apostle Paul, he says, We proclaim him, the gospel, right? We proclaim him, warning, teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that when we are present So we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Maybe here sometime, some of you guys here tonight and say, you know what, Steve, I can't disciple others. Like, I can't teach others. You know what, you're right. But it's God through you that does it. And so my dad always told me this. Like, man, he always tells somebody, like, man, if you can't disciple, that's great. Because that means you're going to depend on God's spirit, not on your own knowledge. 
You see, I love it. Here Paul says, listen, the whole goal of this whole purpose of making disciples is to proclaim Jesus, but also to make other mature Christians. And Paul says, this is what I labor. Like, this is what I'm here for. This is what I strive to do. And he says, with his strength that works powerfully in me. Whose strength? God's. God's strength. So listen, that's why it's so important that we do know how to study God's word, that we're digging in God's word, that we understand who God is, because then God will use that so we can teach others. Right? Jesus said the, the goal of the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, what he does, is reminds us. There's a lot of things he does, but one of the things that is that he reminds of all that we have learned from him. I remember one time when I was in, at Word of Life, uh, we had to take a class about how to share the gospel. That was Mike's favorite class. I'm sure it was. But it was like 10 hours, the whole week of how to share the gospel, right? And I was a freshman from a little town called Tatum, Texas, of people, about 500 people probably there. We were, so, I'm, you know, I'm like taking notes. Okay, this is good. Then, then I find out. I go to my mailbox. I see a, a little piece of paper that says, hey, next weekend you're going to New York City to go share the gospel. I was like, oh, man. I was like, Lord, come soon now. Please, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I can't do this. So I remember we go in the next weekend, go on the bus by like, like 50 of us, get in the bus, and we go to New York City. We get there about midnight, and we land, we get in there, and then we go in the subways, and we land in Times Square on a Friday night at midnight. And I'm at the, you know, going up, as I look up, it just felt like I was like in the pinball or something. Like there's all these lights everywhere. I was like, oh man, this is crazy. It's awesome. This is great. And so I was there for a whole weekend. They gave us some like books to pass out to people about Jesus. And guess what your boy did? That's all he did. I was like, here you go, man. Here you go. Like I didn't talk to anybody. He's like, what's up, bro? There you go. There you go, bro. Hey, you want this? That's good, bro. That's good. Oh, look, MTV. Yeah, that's that. You want this? Like I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to pass out these little books. I'm doing my part. I'm going to look at MTV. I'm going to look at all the stuff that's here because I've never been in New York City before. <clears throat> then comes Saturday afternoon. We're in um, Central Park. And obviously, Central Park, I'm alone too. Like, this is great. Like, I finally get to see all this. I'm still just, your boy just passing out books. How you doing? Here you go, man. Read this if you want. And then this, the missionary with grabs me. He said, hey, Steve, before we leave, I want you to talk to one person. I said, like, like, what do you mean? Like, I've been passing. Like, no, no, no. Like, don't pass the book. I want with your mouth. Open and tell someone about Jesus. Like, I was like, oh, man. So I sit by a bench. I was sitting by a bench, and I said, all right, Lord. <laughs> all right, Lord. So, all right, Lord, just send me someone. Now, in my mind, I, said, I was like, send me like a seventh grader or a high schooler. Right? So I'm praying like this. All of a sudden, there's a dude that sits next to me. I look. He has a suit. has a suitcase. I'm like, oh, okay, businessman. This will be all right. And we began small talk, you know, and I come to find out he's a, philosophy, he's a professor of philosophy at NYU. And I look at him, I look at God, I say, <laughs> I was like, you for real? And we begin to talk. I'm like, Lord, here we go. Like, this is, you, you sent me this dude. So we're going, and I begin to share, like, why we're here. Like, we're here to tell us something about Jesus. And, man, I, when I said that, he just started going, you know. He, well, before then, we started talking about being tolerant. He was like, I was asking about what he thought about the world, and he was like, hey, everyone's good, but we should be tolerant with each other. We have different opinions, all this stuff. I was like, okay, that's pretty, that sounds pretty good. And he asked me, so what, you know, what college did you go to? I got, oh, I got a World Life Bible Institute. That dude, like, flipped out. I was like, wow, wow, wow. And all of a sudden, I don't know where this came from. All of a sudden, I said, I go, but excuse me, sir, like, you just said that we need to be tolerant with other people. And in my mind, I said, oh, damn. I was like, <laughs> Hey, you, okay, I got this. I got this guy. And he looked at me like, 
yeah, you're right, right. So he goes, so we begin to talk. Like, we begin to talk, and, and, you know, and I started sharing the gospel to him. Like, I was, like, you know, I was, like, sweating all this stuff. I was praying hard. I was talking. And he tells me this question. He says, if God is so powerful, how come he doesn't make everybody just love him? And I was like, that's a good question. I'm like, oh. and then, and, all, and I begin to pray. I said, God, like, help me to answer this question. In my mind, all of a sudden, I told him, I said, listen, I was like, do you, are you married? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm married. I was like, okay. Do you want your wife to love you because she's forced to love you or because she's chosen you out of all the, the good-looking men in the world? And he's like, oh, I, just, I want her to choose me because I'm good for her. I care for her. I love her. I was like, you just described the gospel. Again, my mom's like, like, this is great. Like, I'm getting this guy. But I began to share the gospel, and it ended well. And, and he looked at me and said, man, thanks for helping me understand. And he walked away. And I remember standing there. I was like, that is all God. Like, I've only been to Bible college for three months. But the little, even this class that we learned about, like, the Holy Spirit just helped me to, to remind us. So that's why it's so important that we spend time in God's word so that times like that. But also having people who encourage you to do that. So the whole goal, the whole purpose, remember, being a Christian is to make disciples. And the purpose is to make mature believers. As Paul says, so we can present them to the Lord. Thirdly is this, though. You're probably sitting here like, okay, Steve, this is great. This is awesome. But how do we do this? Like, how do I invest in someone else to help them grow? I'm glad you asked. Is this. It's, and I call it the practical process. And I call this process the discipleship pathway. So when I'm discipling uh, guys, uh, and even my wife as well, we have this kind of like a, a map that's kind of, Kind of helps them to say, hey, where, where are you at? Where are you, you know, how are you growing? All this stuff like that. So, and, and, it's, and it came from this. Uh, Jesus ministered to different groups, to four different groups. The first one, the congregation. In Luke 10, we see that Jesus is actually equipping, like a pastor, like 72 disciples. And he sends them out two by two. You guys remember, you see that in the book of Luke. If you look at that, you see that. So that's the congregation. That's like the church that Jesus is preparing, that Jesus is equipping so they can go and spread the gospel. The second one is community. Jesus had what I call like a home group. We call them here connect groups. That, that basically had his 12 disciples that he taught, that they could grow each other, pray for each other, all this stuff. Then thirdly, he had this core group, which I call discipleship group. He had three. From those 12, he took three, Peter, James, and John, and he discipled them a little more intensely. And then lastly, we see the crowd. See, they minister to the crowd. They share the gospel. They help people come to know Christ. So what does that look like for us is this. The pathway looks like this. To come to church, to be part of a biblical community, to serve others, and to make disciples or be disciples. And so those are the four things that when I'm discipling somebody, I'm kind of saying, hey, man, how, how are you doing? Are you coming on Sundays? Okay, that's awesome. I come to church. That's great. And I always say, hey, are you part of any community? Like, are you part of a home group, connect group? Or thrive or whatever. Like, are you finding other communities? And I said, how are you serving? How are you serving the church? How are you serving the community? Are you, having op- are you giving yourself opportunities to tell people about Jesus? And then I say, hey, it's time to make disciples. It's time to go out and make disciples. And I'm going to explain to you kind of how, how that looks. Uh, so that's kind of the pathway in that too. Now probably there's two kind of people in this room. Maybe, maybe not. But there's people who want to be disciple, maybe you're like, you know what, I need that. Like, I need someone 
to disciple me, to help me grow in the faith. Just like Pastor Robbie, who, uh, Pastor Robbie, the last guy, the big old guy, like I had an opportunity to, to visit his church. And to, like basically oh, they have helped me, disciple me in a way to bring discipleship in the local church. Uh, and so, so maybe you hear tonight and say, you know what, I need to be discipled. I need somebody to pour into me. And you're probably saying, how do I find that person? I'm glad you asked. Three things. First one is this. If you want someone to disciple you, pray. Pray that God will send someone mature in his, in his or her faith to come alongside you and speak truth in you. I'm thankful for the men that God put in my life to help me grow. Like there are moments that we will meet once a week and they will call out just super stuff that I was doing. Like in my life. Not only did we study God's word, but also they helped me in different things. But most important, I watched their, their life. I would go to their house. I would see how they would just, you know, interact with their wives and their kids. I would see them in the, having a bad day. Seeing them having a bad day and how they handle it. Basically, we live life together. It's what we did. And so pray that God will send you somebody. Say, hey, God, send me somebody who's mature in the faith, who has some experience of life that can influence me, that can help me grow. Second is this, join a church. And if you don't know a good church, I can let you know one in the area. It's a pretty good church that's here. But if you're not part of a church, like be part of a church. Listen, thrive, but also listen. I know you guys are college students, but here's the thing. You know what I did when I was in college? I was like, you know what? There was an old man's class. I said, like, you know what? I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to that class. I might be the only young dude, but I'm going to go to that class, and I want to find some older men that can disciple me. And I'm glad I did that because I did find some men that were old enough that would help me grow spiritually. So find some other way, not just in your group age, but also say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to branch out a little bit. I want to find out, you know, the men's ministry. There's uh, other ABFs, uh, the Sunday morning uh, Bible studies, or maybe even connect, an adult connect group to join and say, hey, I need to find somebody. And as you are praying and you're involved in different groups, you got to watch people's faith. Watch how they, how they interact. Watch how their faith is. It's kind of like when you go to the airport, right? I love going to the airport and like looking at people. It's just fun. But that's the same thing. When you find someone to disciple you, like you look at them. And I know it sounds like a relationship, right? Like it sounds like a dating relationship because in a sense it is. Because this is a person who's going to help you grow in Christ. And so when you watch and you look and you say, hey, this, that's the person. I'm going to go to that girl or that lady or that man. I'm going to ask them if he can disciple me. And if you go up and they say no, don't be discouraged. You know what that means? That means God has someone else in mind for you all right so that's how you find someone to disciple you to pray to join the church and different community and different opportunities to to see people and watch people's faith and say hey that's who that's who i want to influence in my life now if you're here tonight and you say you know i've been a christian all my life like i, I know the basics of my faith i know i study god's word well you know what that means that means it's time for you to invest in someone else i had a phone call like last month, uh, uh, this lady called, and she's like, I need to find someone to disciple me. And I began to ask her, yeah, tell me your testimony. And like, you know, she was well grounded in God's word. And, I said, and, then, she get, and then she ended with, but, you know, when I'm, disciple, when I'm being disciple, like, it doesn't really affect much in me. Like, I don't know why. And I said, I don't know why. And she's like, why? Because you got to find someone else to disciple. She's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. Like, you have all this knowledge. Don't, put, don't waste it, but invest it in someone else's life. 
And so if you're here tonight and you're like, oh, I know the answers, I know this is, you know what that means? That means it's time for you to put that knowledge and invest it in someone else's life as well, not just yours. And so how do we start a disciple? And I call them discipleship groups. Now, these discipleship groups, this is why I recommend no more than four people in a group. No more than four people in a group because it's great to hear other people's opinion uh, as, of what God is doing in life. So no more. And so the first thing is this, obviously, pray that God will send you someone for you to disciple. That's what Jesus did. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13, Jesus prayed for his disciples. He said, God, who are the ones? Who are these men that are going to follow me and, and teach them about you? And so we got to do the same thing. So if you're ready to disciple somebody, pray. Like, honestly, um, the day we drove from Van Alstine, Texas, where we had to up to here, uh, to Uniontown, where we live now, all those 30, 20-some hours, I was just praying. Praying for two, two things, that I'll find someone to kind of disciple me and encourage me, but also that I can disciple someone else. And so that was a two-prayer. And, and the cool thing, my uh, small group leader helped me drive the U-Haul. Because he said he wanted to hang out a couple more, uh, more hours with me. But he always asked me, he said, hey, what, I, what can I pray for? He's like, man, pray for those two things. That I can find a, a discipleship group here and also that I can find someone to disciple me. So pray. And then you approach that individual. This is the awkward part, but it's okay. You go up to them and say, hey, do you want to grow in Christ? Do you want to grow in Jesus? I want to help you. Again, if they say no, that means that's not the right one. It means to keep on, keep on praying, keep on trying. And this is the big thing here. When I meet with my... With my guys, I, 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 I have a commitment, like a, a contract that I have them sign. Because here's the deal. I tell them, in two years, we're going to go, I'm going to teach you how to study God's word, teach you some theology. But in two years, the goal is that you find two other guys and you're going to replicate what we're just going through. And so they write this contract. And, we, and, and listen, here's the crazy thing. Like there's guys who are faithfully don't come to church, but man, when they sign that contract and they're part of a discipleship group, man, they're so faithful coming. So faithful coming. And then you invest in your group for, for two years uh, or so. So that, that's, that is kind of what, how to be disciple and find someone you can disciple. Uh, almost done. You guys ready? You good? You good? We good? Almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I promise. I promise. I promise. All right. So what does it look like? So when I'm, like, what does a discipleship group look like? Here's a couple things that we do and I do when, I, when I'm discipling someone. The one, first one is open up with prayer, right? Duh, right? Open up with prayer. You pray for each other. Then we talk about our day. Hey, what's your high? What's your low? How's your day? How's your week been? You know, it's been good. Is it bad? We talk about that. We, we briefly, tech, you know, uh, our celebration or praises that's going on. And then we use this book here. And I, I recommend, if you don't have a devotional, to get this devotional, uh, basically, this right here, uh, it's, it's called Foundations, a 260-day Bible reading plan for busy believers, all right? So if you're a busy believer, this is a good devotional uh, for you. So basically, is this. This right here is the whole Old Testament. Now, the cool thing about this reading plan is this, and this is what I love about this reading plan, that you don't read the, all the book, like, for instance, you start in Genesis, you don't read the whole book of Genesis. What they do is they highlight foundational passages that help you see how the Bible all connects together. That's why it's called foundations. Because it highlights foundational, like the, the, the most important, I mean the whole Bible is important, but the foundational chapters of our faith. And it helps you see how everything connects together. So this is the, 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 what we use a lot with my discipleship group. Now, there's five lessons uh, a week, but I always tell them to do one or two. We get together, 
and we say, hey, which lesson stuck out to you? And I have some, uh, I have some questions to ask them, and we talk about it. And so we have this, and then this is right here is the New Testament, you know, version. So this right here is two years that we go through this. And then we add other books on, like, theology or whatever else they are struggling with that we read together. But the goal of that book is to teach them how to study God's word and how, how to grow in God's word. And so here's the thing. The, the reason we use the God's words because the goal of studying the Bible is to apply the word of God. And here's, here's a quote that I heard. It says, knowledge without application is useless information. I'm going to say it again. Knowledge without application is useless information. So if you're here and you've got all this knowledge about who Jesus is and you know how to study God's word and all this stuff, but you're not investing in someone else's life, it's kind of useless information. Yes, it's changing your life, but the whole goal as well is what? To make disciples. So that's kind of look like. And lastly here, lastly this is what, you know, it's kind of hard to measure if you're growing, right? Like it's easy, like you, you know, you can't get a measuring tape. So like, yep, all right, I'm a Christian, let's go, let's do this. So how do you know that you are growing and how do you know that the person you're investing in to grow in Christ are growing? And there's four, uh, five quick things here I'm going to share with you. And then we're done and we'll pray and maybe have some more Chick-fil-A. But here's the thing. First one, and so I call this marks of a healthy disciple. You're going you're to know why I misspelled it there. But the first one is missional. Missional. And this means a missional mindset. Like, are they, are you or the person you disciple, are they sharing Jesus? And I'm not saying that in the corner of the street, like, y'all going to hell. No, I'm not saying that. <clears throat> I'm just saying, do they have a mindset to understand that God has places where we're at for the reason to tell people about Jesus? Like, I don't know if you knew that. Like, God has our life planned out, how he's going to use our life for his glory. So the college you're going to, the job that you have, the family you have, where you live, is not because you have chosen it. It's because God wants you to go there so you can tell people about him. He's, he's placed you, the college you go to, where you live, where you work, so you can say, hey, there's people there that need Jesus. I need you to be mission-minded. My dad, with his discipleship group, like when I was like six, seven years old, I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning with my dad on Saturday go to Denny's, you know what Denny's is, but it's like a diner, but we'll go there, and my dad would disciple three men from 6 to 7.30. I would sleep in another booth, but, but I, every, every Saturday, that was how it was. And not knowing what he was doing, but that's what he basically was doing, he was discipling them. But one day, we live in Southern California, so there's tons of Mexicans there, and so Mexico was playing against Japan, Right? And so my dad got tickets. He had three different de- discipleship groups that he was discipling. So he invited all his guys to go. But we got there four hours earlier. I'm like, what? The game's like, why? And the reason why is because people were tailgating before the game. My dad passed out these little booklets. And he told his, the, the guys he was discipling, all right, I don't, I will, we'll meet here in three hours. Go. Have conversations. And that's what he did with his discipleship that he was teaching how to share the gospel. He was like, listen, we're not just going to learn about it. We're actually going to put it to practice. He wanted mission trips with them. But it was awesome to see, like, you know, we were passing out, eating tacos. It was great, like, and having a conversation. But my dad was, like, pointing out to me at seven, eight years old, like, you know, that guy just came to know the Lord, like, you know, five months ago. Like, he was just telling me, like, man. And that was the beauty of discipleship. And so are you mission-minded? In the sense of you understand, like, even going to college. And I heard it, I heard it said one time in my sister's uh, graduation, she has a doctorate in education. Uh, but this pastor said in her graduation, it says that God doesn't care about what degree you get. He cares about how you use it for his glory. 
That God doesn't care what degree you get, but he cares about how you use your education, your job, for his glory. So mission-minded. Secondly is accountability. Are you accountable? Do you have someone that you're accountable to? Because here's the thing. I always say it's a red flag when someone says, no, I like to be alone. I don't want to be accountable. I don't want to be whatever. And that's the means, okay, that's a red flag, man. Like, what's going on? What are you hiding? But are you accountable? Are you with a group of people that you're like, yeah, I have someone when I'm struggling, I know who to call. I know how to be real with and be honest with. Not giving the right answers, but also the bad answers, I always say, in that accountability relationship. And are you reproducing? That means are you sharing the gospel with someone else? Some, a pastor said this, the gospel comes to you because it's headed to someone else. So the reason why you got saved is, yeah, God loves you, but also is because he wants you to take that, that gospel, that good news to someone else as well. So I love when that pastor said that. He said, the gospel comes to you because it's headed to someone else. Fourthly, being part of a community. So it's great that we are here and thrive, and I'm glad that you're here. Like, this is part of a community. But also, do you, are, are you striving to go even deeper in, that, in those communities, those, those uh, Christian relationships that you have? And lastly, it's scriptural. Like, are you hungry to dive deep in God's word? Do you know how to study this book that just changed lives? And so these are the things that I look in my life, but also I look at the, the guys that I'm discipling, my wife as well, with the lady she discipled, and say, okay, where are we at? And it's not like a checklist, okay, but it's kind of, it helps me to know where can I work with these guys? Like, where are they struggling at to get them ready so they can invest in someone else, right? And so, guys, here's the thing. Hopefully I'm not bored. I hope you guys are awake. But, but what happens, lastly, I want to share this and then we're done, okay? What happens when we don't disciple? Like what happens when we just come here, sit, hear a sermon, eat some God's food, Chick-fil-A, and then go home? And then live your life. What happens when we don't make disciples? Is this that we, we miss out on fellowship and accountability. Now in Acts chapter 2, this is the early church. Like, the early church started about 120 people, okay? That was like the first church in the planet was about 120 people. But it's crazy to think that from 120 people, we are here today. You ever thought about that? Like, the first church was 120 people. And listen, there was no Wi-Fi. I don't know how they did it. There was no, like, there was no Bible studies. They couldn't go to Amazon and pick, oh, that's a good devotional. I'm going to do that. Like, how to be a Christian in the first century. No. What they did, they depended on God's on God's Holy Spirit to guide them in each other. If you read Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, it shows you how they changed the world. You know what they did? They cared for each other. It says they were devoted to God's word, devoted to prayer, to worship, but it said they were devoted to fellowship. And the word fellowship there in Acts 2, and it doesn't mean like I'm, from, I'm Southern Baptist. You know, Texas, when you say fellowship at a church, it means there's a huge like meal after church. It's like great, it's awesome. But that's not what fellowship is. The word fellowship here in Acts 2, it means that they invested in each other. It's called kolonia in Greek, and it means to invest. And so if you leave the church, you kind of say, you know what? I ain't got no fellowship in there. And the reason why is because you have not invested in someone else. Listen, the, 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 when, when I'm discipling someone, I feel like I see God at work because I see, like, man, it's crazy. Like, there's this, you know, the guy I'm investing in. Like, his life is being complete, not because of me, but because God's using me to invest in his life. And so when we don't disciple, we miss the opportunity to have fellowship and accountability. 
Who is those people that, can, that you can go to at hard times or know your life and can call you out? Like my boys, the guys that I disciple are like my best friends. And they know when I'm having a bad day. Like they, they just know. They know when I'm having a bad day. They're like my best friend. Secondly is this. When we don't disciple, you fail to realize the wealth in Jesus and, and walking with Jesus. Like guys, there are the lessons that I've done. I mean, I'm doing with so many discipleship groups that I know them by memory. But I learn new things as I go through these books with them or this reading plan with them about Jesus. And I appreciate Jesus even more as I study his word more, as I draw God deeper. But also my walk grows ton with him as I'm discipling someone else uh, in that. And last is this, that we ignore the strategy and mission that the Lord has for us. What was Jesus' last command? Go make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. Like that's it. Jesus said, this is how you change the world. is by sharing the gospel, the good news, as you live your life. And it's as well by seeing people come to know Christ and, and getting baptized, but also is to teach them about Jesus. And so, guys, I don't know where you're at in your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you need Jesus. I encourage you, I challenge you that, man, make that decision tonight. Come talk to me or, or Mike or maybe a friend that you know who knows Jesus and say, hey, how can I have a relationship with Jesus? How can I start this? And maybe you do have a relationship with Jesus, but you're like, man, I'm kind of brand new. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Listen, pray that someone can disciple you. Pray that God will send somebody to help you. And maybe you're here tonight and say, you know, I've been a Christian since I was in diapers. Like, I know I've been going to church. I know all these answers. I know everything. But that means it's time for you to make disciples, to invest. Listen, that's my passion. My desire, my, my, my goal is to make disciples who make disciples for the glory of God. That's kind of my job. I'm a discipleship pastor. That's why I'm here. Like, I, I love to help people understand. So listen, if you're saying, man, I, I'm ready to disciple. I want to be a disciple. Man, come talk to me. Come talk to Mike. My goal is to make some trainings, discipleship training, how you can be a disciple maker. Because there's nothing like it to know that, you, that God wants to use your life to invest in someone else's life. And it's beauty, the beautiful thing. Without it, man, I don't know where I'll be if I didn't have someone discipling me, encouraging me, and challenging me. So bow your hand, close your eyes. I just want to challenge you guys with something, and Mike's going to come after this and pray. And, but where are you at? <clears throat> like, you probably heard this before, and the Great Commission, all this, but where is your heart? Again, maybe here tonight you need Jesus. Maybe here tonight you think the whole purpose of life is just to graduate college, have a nice family, get a nice job, <laughs> get money in the bank, get a good retirement plan. But we see that's not the purpose. That yet as we live our life, we should let people know about Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you're like, man, I need Jesus, man, come talk to us. We'll love to tell you how you can have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and say, I know Jesus, but man, I need some help growing. I'm still trying to figure this whole out, this relationship I have with Jesus. Well, pray right now and say, God, send somebody to disciple me. And be involved in church and, and be involved maybe at the, the women's ministry or the men's ministry to get to know older men that can help you grow in the Lord. And maybe here tonight say, man, I've been a Christian. I, I know at least the basics of my faith. I know the foundation of my faith. But that means it's time for you to pray to invest in someone else, to disciple someone else. And start praying. Say, God, use me. Send somebody my way that I can help grow in you. Take a few minutes, Mike's gonna come up and close us out.